Hi friends, I just want to take a quick moment to tell you about Anchor. Now, if you're an aspiring podcaster or have friends who've started their own podcast, then you've probably heard your fair share of ads on Anchor. Maybe you're even a little bit skeptical like I was at first. I mean, is anything really free when you're creating a podcast? Well, let me tell you firsthand, Anchor is the way to go. Anchor FM really gives you everything you need to start a podcast. You can record directly on there or upload your files, easily edit your recordings from your phone or computer, and if you don't have anyone to produce the music for your podcast, they even give you access to music from Spotify that you can use without copyright infringement and select your own. I mean, how easy is that? Not only can you do all this, but you can upload onto all streaming services directly from Anchor. If you're hesitant about starting your podcast and all the how-to stuff, Anchor makes it 10 times easier for you with clear instructions from the get-go on how to start your podcast and even advises you on how you can make money with it. And it's free. So really, you can't lose here. And I love that for you. It's helped me in my podcast creation journey, and I know it can be the same for you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now and start that journey. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Hello and welcome to the Dress in Splendor podcast. Luke 12, 27 states, Look at how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Our mission here is to share stories from men and women that can help you learn how to stop laboring or striving after what you want to accomplish, but rather to trust in your heavenly creator to guide you in your everyday life. If he has a plan for you, he will make a way. All he wants is our daily yes to him and for us to stop worrying about what tomorrow will bring. If we can do that, then we, as children made in his image, can be dressed in even grander splendor than the beautiful wildflowers of the field. I'm your host, Lydia Summer, and I'm so glad you're here today. On today's episode, we're starting our next series, The Nearness and Presence of Yahweh. Before we share the testimonies of our guests and how they draw near to God and experience His presence, I'll be digging deeper into God's Word to see what exactly God says about this topic. Specifically, I'll be sharing scripture that shows us that Yahweh desires to draw near to us, the treasures that we find when we draw near to Him, and where we can find His presence. No matter what the sharing of scripture brings to your heart today, I pray that this will encourage you to go to your Bible more and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal His truth to you as you read His Word. Welcome to the Dress and Splendor Podcast. Let's get started. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. If you've been joining us since the beginning, y'all know that we have our introduction to our series episodes joined by my friend Amber Heinrichsen, or at least the first one was. Well, unfortunately for us, she won't be able to do that any longer because fortunately for her and her husband, she's pregnant. I'm super excited for them, but it does mean that she has to take a step back from joining future episodes, so this episode will be led by me. Although I really loved having her input in our conversations, not having her also kind of put more fire in my heart to research even deeper for this episode in order that I can best serve you by sharing God's word on the matter of our topic. 
A little bit about me for those of you who don't know before we start the meat of our conversation. I'm the founder of Splendor Magazine, which is a Christian women's magazine that aims to encourage, empower, and equip women to know their identity in Christ, to use their gifts to glorify Him, and to make disciples in their fields all without worry or strife. You can find out more about us in our ad coming up or in the show notes with a link to our website. It's important to discuss who I am in the context of the magazine because our podcast series is directly correlated to the themes of our magazine. We dig deeper into these themes so that our readers and listeners can better understand what God's word says about it instead of just sharing what our opinion is on the matter. So the topic of our series this quarter is focusing on the nearness and presence of Yahweh. Our fall issue for Splendor centers around this. Why? So that we can share the importance of the action of drawing near to him and how when we do draw near to him, we can dwell in his presence. But also to share that even when we can't feel Yahweh's presence at times, that doesn't mean that he's not there wanting to draw near to you. So what was the inspiration behind this theme? My team wanted to discuss this because we often feel shame or guilt when we don't draw near to God. Um, But we want to share the joy that can be found when we do. And being in his presence is such a beautiful thing. And we wanted to share stories in our magazine on what happens when we do draw near to him. So just a little bit of a disclaimer before we start. Although I have a deep love of the word, I recognize that I am human. I'm not a scholar and I err, sometimes unintentionally when it comes to interpreting God's word. I feel like this isn't talked about enough in podcasts when people give their opinions on something, and I want to start this off in full disclosure and transparency that I'm not the most learned person, but I do research deeper into these topics through scriptures that I I can help you, dear listener, to gain a growing desire for God and his word. I will always encourage you to go to scripture to find out what God says about a certain topic, but the point of our introductory episodes is so that you can understand the heart behind me and my team at Splendor before we start our interviews with our guests. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into it. What does the Bible have to say about drawing near to the Lord and his holy presence? Before we answer this question and dive deep into scripture, I wanted to share what a couple of people from Instagram answered when I asked them what drawing near to God and being in his presence means and looks like to them. At Bria Woods Photography on Instagram said, stillness and rest, prayer and worship. I mean, it's super simple, but really sweet. And at Lahafta, which I'm not really sure if I pronounced that right, um, but uh, it's Leah Tanton from our previous episode. Uh, she said, the more we wait, listen, and act on his word, the closer he can get and we can sense him. Thank you both for sharing your answers. I love reading what other believers do to draw near to God and how they enter into his presence. So after sharing this, let's just get into the word. What does the nearness of God look like when we dive into scripture? What does that even mean? There are so many verses that talk about Yahweh's children drawing near to him. Why? Because I believe it's important to know that when we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Not only that, but when we draw near to God, we find many treasures in him. Grace, mercy, help, refuge, purity, hope, and his presence. Let's dive deeper into that. So Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. When we draw near to him, he will surely draw near to us, meaning that we don't have to wonder where he is when we draw near to God. His omnipresence is one way we can count on that, but with this scripture, we know that this is an immediate response of God due to his character. He wants us to draw near to his children. When we draw near to him, his response is to save, love, and protect us. Psalm 91, which I won't read right now, but I encourage you to read it on your own. This is an entire chapter that discusses how when we draw near to God, we can find refuge in him and he will protect us from evil. There 
are also other verses that share what happens when we draw near to him, like the treasures I mentioned earlier. So James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This is the treasure of God drawing near to us. And then Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time and need. This is the treasure of finding grace and mercy when we draw near to him. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is the treasure of God saving us when we draw near to him. There are countless others, but drawing near doesn't just mean that he will draw near to us. It also means that there are gifts we may receive because we draw near to him. If we don't draw near to him, then it's almost like we're telling God that we don't need him to intervene in our life, and we don't need his help in our time of need. These scriptures are from God to continuously remind us that we don't need to worry about being selfish when we draw near to God, hoping for him to help us, because actually he wants to draw near to us and have us fully rely on him to help us. Drawing near is an act of humility, not selfishness. So what does drawing near to God actually look like? The most straightforward answer that we hear is read your Bible and pray. These two suggestions are wonderful and true, but first we must acknowledge how it is possible that we are actually able to draw near to him. I've been reading worship pastor Bob Coughlin's book called Worship Matters lately, and he brought something to my attention that I had never thought of deeply about until reading this chapter called In Jesus Christ. So I'm a worship leader. I love to worship God through song, songwriting, and instrumentation. I love to sing his praise and glorify his name. Yet Bob points out something that we as Christians don't think about as seriously as we should. So for instance, how often do you think about God's holiness? Okay, now how often do you think about your sin and just how offensive it is to him? If you have put your faith and hope in Jesus Christ, we don't need to worry about how every sin of ours is an affront to God because Isaiah 118 says this, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But this is only because of the shedding of Christ's blood and his resurrection that God sees us like this now. Perhaps that is why we focus more on God's grace and less on the offense of our sin. Coughlin puts it like this, When we sin against God and all sin is against God, we aren't sinning against someone like us. God is perfect. He is all good, all powerful, sovereign, and holy. And with each sin, we raise our fists in defiance against him. We assert our authority over his. Because God is holy and just, he must punish sin. He goes on to say, The entire Bible reveals God's unflinching commitment to the glory and honor of his name. We make a mockery of it when we sin. For that reason, we need to be saved from God's justice. We need to be protected from his fierce jealousy for his supreme and unique glory. And what we need has been provided for us in Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament shows time and time again that God punishes those who sin against him. Even in Deuteronomy, as Moses recounts the past 40 years before the Israelites go into the promised land, in chapter 11, God warns his people that if they should follow his commands and love him and keep his statutes, he will bless their land. But if they don't, he withholds rain and the ground would not give its produce. Okay, so hang with me. What does this all have to do with drawing near to God? The point I made through the scripture of Yahweh withholding rain is something minor in comparison to what he has had to do to uphold his justice and glory. Sin equals death. Sin equals punishment. And because we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which Romans 3.23 says, the Israelites could not draw near to him without a mediator. Coughlin sums it up perfectly. 
For centuries prior to the coming of Christ, the high priest represented God's people once a year as he entered the Holy of Holies to make atonement for their sins. The holiest man from the holiest tribe offered the holiest sacrifice in the holiest place for the holiest people on earth. To attempt to draw near to God in in any other way or by any other means would result in certain death, as it says in Leviticus 16.2. Before Christ, we could not draw near to Yahweh and enter his presence. Our sin was too great. And it is because of Christ that we now can. We take for granted what his death and resurrection means for us, and we definitely take for granted that through the mediation of Christ Jesus, we can actually draw near to Yahweh. No need for sacrificial traditions, or as a common misconception some Christians may have nowadays, there is nothing that we can do, no amount of good works that will bring us closer to God. Only by the work done on the cross by our Savior can bring us closer to him. Coughlin says this, Apart from Christ Jesus, we cannot approach God. We need to understand this, to truly appreciate the absolute gift Jesus has given us by dying on the cross for our sins. Our sin once separated us from God. Through Christ's blood and through his mediation, there is no more disconnect between God and his children. So now that we've established how we can draw draw near to Yahweh and be in his presence, let's talk about different ways we can do this. The Psalms serve as a wonderful example. First off, they're not just prayers, which is one way we can draw near to him, but they're songs as well. When reading these Psalms, you can see that there is a full range of emotions displayed, and every song is given up to God as a mode of praise and prayer. Psalm 73:28 says, But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of your works. This is a song of praise. When we sing his praises, I believe this is an act of drawing near to him. Psalm 64 is an entire psalm that is dedicated to asking God for his help. Verse 1 is a plea to God. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. This is an act of drawing near to him. You're asking for his help, which, as we mentioned before, when we draw near to him, we may receive help and salvation in time of need, and he delights in giving us this gift. Drawing near to him also looks like loving him and obeying his commands. Deuteronomy 8.11 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments. He's telling us to take care because when we don't remember to keep his commands, we don't remember God. We give in to sin and our pride blinds us by making us think that we know better than he does. Even if you are a Christian, despite the fact that we are washed by the blood, it doesn't mean that the enemy won't try to use your sin to drive you away from God. Besides pride, Satan can use shame to pull us away from God too. He will make you feel like you're undeserving of God's love and forgiveness despite what Christ has already done for you to remove the barrier between you and God. So how can we remove that shame, pride, and guilt? By remembering Yahweh, his character, and then by loving him. When we remember God's character, then we remember that he still loves us despite our sin. And if we remember that he still loves us, we will want to fight against sin and temptation and try to be more Christ-like by obeying his commands. In doing all these things, we can draw near to him again. Trust me, it's easier said than done, and I want to know, as I used to be in a deep dive, full depression mode in college that had me buried in my shame and guilt and made me feel like crap about myself. But when I actually took a stand to fight against the enemy and the sin encroaching in my life, I was finally able to draw near to God more by reading his word, singing his praises, and trying my best every day to obey his commands. Another way I believe that we can draw near to him is by using the gifts that he's given us and serving not only him, but his people. God created mankind and he created us uniquely with different talents and abilities. Some are artists, 
Some are businessmen and women, some are engineers, others lawyers, and then others serve and trade. And I'm constantly amazed by the passions people have and I'm surprised sometimes by what they want to do in life. I mean, because to me, it doesn't make sense how people want to be a dentist or work in the medical field because the thought of it literally makes me want to gag. But to them, this is exactly how God made them to be. We are who we are because God instilled in us those different talents so we can be a fully functioning society and he would like us to serve others through our gifts and serve him also. 1 Corinthians 12 says this, starting with verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Jumping down to verse 11, all these are for the work of one in the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Jumping down again to verse 18, but in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? So you can see we can't function as a body if we were all the same. God created us uniquely to serve for the common good. So we should be mindful of him throughout our work days. And when we serve as people, that is a way we can draw near to him. Remember your gifts and find out how you can worship him through them. For that is what we were created for ultimately anyways, to worship him. Hey friends, we're going to take a quick break to talk to you a little bit about the product that sponsors our podcast, Splendor Magazine. I'm all for women knowing that they have a place in the body of Christ to further advance his kingdom, and I believe that this magazine really does encourage and inspire women to know that the gifts and talents God has given them is not by accident, but is by design. Y'all, you were created for God and by God. You were called for a specific plan to be a part of God's will to further advance his kingdom. This magazine is to help you on your path to finding either God's calling on your life or to help spur you on in that calling when things feel so difficult to keep going. Our fall issue, which centers around the topic we're diving into of the nearness and presence of Yahweh, is now available to pre-order. Special guest writer Johnny Nicole Parsons is featured and writes on what happens when emotions fade after a conference. Johnny, if you don't already know, is an author, speaker, and founder of Sunday Morning Marketing. You don't want to miss out on this issue, so go to our shop today and use code DIS15, that's D-I-S-15, to get 15% off when you pre-order our fall issue. Or purchase an annual subscription. It's already marked at 15% off the retail price, but if you use our code, you can get an additional 15% off. So don't wait. Go to SplendorMag.com shop to start buying today. That's S-P-L-E-N-D-E-U-R MagMag.com slash shop. Don't forget your discount code. Now let's get back to our conversation. Honestly, I think there are countless ways to draw near to God, and that is why we're turning this into a whole series about it. I want to talk to others about how they draw near to him because I can guarantee that how they draw near to Yahweh is different from how you or I may draw near to him. And even though I've barely scratched the surface on the different ways we can draw near to him, we need to talk about the presence of God, which I feel like a lot of people are afraid to talk about because of how divisive people can be with their opinions on the matter. But I think we can all agree that the presence of God is real. We can't argue over that because every Christian I know, and I've known many across a variety of different denominations, they've said that they believe in his presence. Whether it was through the realization that God is real and they could feel his love wash over them as they confessed their sins to him for the first time and became a believer, 
or they've had testimonies of God showing up in their time of need. But I want to share something super important with y'all. God's presence or being in God's presence is not the same as God revealing his presence and glory through signs and wonders. Those are two very different topics. And I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of time diving into scripture down a certain path of God's presence, i.e. how he may reveal his presence. But that went down a road more that talks about his signs and wonders. And there is a time to talk about that topic, but I want to focus more on God's presence and what the Bible specifically says about about his presence, not about the revealing of his presence and glory through signs and wonders. What exactly does the Bible say about God's presence and what we can experience when we're in his presence? Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is fullness of joy when we are in his presence, which makes sense why sometimes we can't feel God's presence when we're depressed. Because when we're depressed, we usually aren't drawing near to God. When we draw near to him, we can enter into his presence and there we can find joy. So when you're depressed, you can't feel anything but darkness and shame. And it's not to say that God wasn't near to you in your depressive state, but our spirit and hearts might be so turned away from him that we feel like we can't allow ourselves to be in his presence. Part of understanding God's presence, though, is that we cannot flee from it, regardless if we can feel his presence or not. Yahweh is omnipresent, so he's quite literally all around you. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where should I flee from your presence? Psalm 139.7 says, We cannot outrun or run away from him. We cannot hide from him either. His presence is ever surrounding us. So if you're in a state where you feel distant from God, remember this verse. Also, if you feel distant from God, check your own heart. Are you creating that distance? Are you believing any lies from the enemy about yourself or about God? Are you deep in hidden sin that may cause you to draw away from him instead of nearer to him? If any of those answers are yes, maybe bring that up with someone you trust to help you sort out your feelings. We're called to be in community with our fellow believers, and when we do commune with one another, we have help and accountability, and they can help us to remember truth instead of the enemy's lies, and they can help us to address sin and remind ourselves that God still loves us even when we fail miserably. Which brings me to my next point. It also says in Matthew 18.20 that for where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I among them. When believers gather together, we believe that God is dwelling with us, delighting in our worship and praise of him. He is there with us. His presence is among us. On Sunday mornings, we may feel more like we know that he's there because there are more believers together in worship. When we worship him, we are dwelling in his presence. And that doesn't mean we always feel him in the literal sense because our feelings as we know, are not always reliable, but regardless if we feel him or not, he is among those who gather together in his name. That is irrefutable. Having mentioned this a touch before, we can also dwell in his presence. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name, the upright shall dwell in your presence. This is what Psalm 140.13 states. There's a lot of scripture that says we can dwell in his presence or will dwell in the house of the Lord. So let's look at that word, dwell. What does that mean? Merriam-Webster defines the word dwell as to keep the attention directed and to remain for a time. When we dwell in his presence, we are remaining in it. We are keeping our attention on Yahweh. We are communing with Yahweh. So when we obey his commands, love, praise, and worship him, pray to him, read his word, and focus our attention on him throughout the day, we are actively dwelling in his presence. And who can dwell in his presence? 
the upright. We must be born again to dwell in his presence. And if we are in his presence, we will fear no evil. Psalm 23.4 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All throughout scripture, what does God say? Do not be afraid. In Deuteronomy 20, God instructs the Israelites not to be faint of heart or afraid before they go into battle because he assures them that he will bring them to victory because he goes before them and he is with them. Although we're not facing any wars such as theirs, we are facing our own battles. We may not see victory right away with those battles, but every victory will ultimately be won when we enter heaven or avenged for us when Jesus comes back again. Having done more research on this, I find that this topic goes deeper than I thought. That That is the beauty of God's word. We can find out more about the different doctrines about God and his character when we dig deeper into scripture. God is infinite. So it makes sense that when we dive into certain topics like the nearness and presence of Yahweh, there's not just one clean-cut answer to knowing what this means. There's multiple layers because God is more complex than we can ever imagine. What I've learned a lot through this research is that nearness and presence go hand in hand. When we draw near to him, he will in turn draw near to us and we can enter his presence in this way. If you buy our fall issue, which surrounds the topic of the nearness and presence of Yahweh, you'll find that each writer draws near to God and can be in his presence in different ways. We wanted to talk about this in order that others would be reminded that God is a God who draws near to his children and that he desires for us to dwell in his presence. He does not want us to forget that transformative and sanctifying power that can happen when we continue to draw near to him. When we do this, God ultimately grows our faith in him and we can trust in him when trials come our way. Like I've mentioned before, I'm not a scholar, and although I'd like to believe that the Holy Spirit drove this conversation I'm having with you, my advice at the end of these introduction episodes, or any episode, is to always go to the Bible yourself. Find out what God says about it in his word and ask for his Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. I pray that this conversation has been fruitful for you in having a better understanding of this topic on the nearness and presence of Yahweh. May God be the glory always. Thank you so much for tuning in, y'all. I really hope that this inspires you to go to God's word and allows you to find the joy of what his word can do in revealing his truth to you. As we enter into our new series on how our guests experience the nearness and presence of Yahweh, I hope you'll find that the conversations to come may further aid you in learning how to be dressed in splendor in your everyday life, no matter what you may go through. If you want to know when our next episode will be out, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram at Dressed in Splendor. Make sure to like this podcast and leave us a review wherever you can. Not for my sake, but that the message of Christ through the powerful testimonies of his children can be shared with all in order for his glory to be magnified. If you're interested in being a sponsor, please email us at info at splendormag.com. Your sponsorship will help us continue in our mission to encourage, empower, and equip women in their walk with Christ. We thank you in advance for your support. The music of the Dress and Splendor podcast was produced by Jayala Rekasi. Find him on Instagram at Sound of Pastel Kid for more of his work. That's Sound of Pastel, P-A-S-T-E-L Kid. Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us today. May you be blessed as you continue on in your day, and may God be glorified through your work. <laughs>